Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. I am very excited because tonight is a first. Normally, I talk to bands, I talk to vocalists, I talk to guitarists. This time, though, I am delving deep into the music industry with none other than Nicholas Mishko, the owner of 10 and 8 Management Agency. I really enjoyed learning all the ins and outs of the music industry, and I think you will as well. This is so different than what we normally do. It's really great. So I thought a good way to kind of showcase the awesome bands that Mishko manages on a daily basis, I'd share their music with you. So let's start off with the first friend of the show, Alteris, with their brand new track, Best Mistake. Enjoy.
All right, everyone, welcome back. Like I mentioned before, this is a special episode. This is something that I've never done before on the show. Please, everyone, welcome Nicholas Mishko. He is the owner of 10 and 8 Management Agency. Mishko, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Another day, million emails, million phone calls, (laughs) a story of my life, 24-7. So I'm doing well. How about you? How are you tonight? I'm not too bad either, but I am extremely worried that I'm saying your name wrong. And I apologize. We just talked about this off air. No, you said it perfect. As long as you don't call me asshole. So there we go. Oh, well, uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is actually really, really cool because as much as I feel I'm a part of the music industry, I really don't know that much about what goes on behind the scenes. So this is really awesome to be able to talk with you. Can you give me a typical day? You just mentioned, you know, tons of emails and you're getting lots of stuff done. What's a typical day for you? Um, well, usually I wake up, there's, I would say, good 40, 45, 50 emails of just notifications, tour updates, mm-hmm. press stuff, you know, it just a lot of it's just like, stuff that happened overnight and it's like okay answer those knock those out (laughs) or um you know like a cold call email that like i sent someone and and you know they're like finally getting back to me you know catching up doing that and then i'll you know then i'll make the rounds touch base with all artists i like to at least touch base with my clients at least once a day okay um some of them i talk to more than others some Mm -hmm. of them you know but it's um a lot of bands they utilize Facebook Messenger. It's it's pretty, it's pretty convenient. So that way we can have everyone in one chat. Right. Or you know I'll touch base with them on the phone, um, update them what's going on, what's going on with you know tours, or if they're on tour, you know I'll usually with artists you got to call them like afternoon, usually it's like <laughs> after one o'clock because they're still sleeping. Right. Especially if they're on tour. Um, like I, I called Alteros um, earlier today. They're on tour with Al Santa. Right. You know, how'd it go last night? How's merch sales? Touch base with them. You know, this is what we got going on on our to-do list. Like, uh, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, when there's some time late in the afternoon, you know, go through my to-do list. What label pitches, stuff like that. Um, where are we at with some of my artists that are recording? How are we on with, like, mixes and the masters? It's a bunch of different stuff. It's, it's yeah. 24-7. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell, you know, and then that's, if there's not putting out a fire, you know, cause it's like, like if a band's on tour mm-hmm. and a promoter changed the venue or promoters, you know, unfortunately they, you know, they're, they become missing the day of the show, <laughs> you know, it's putting out a fire, or it's, you know, but other than that, it's, it's always something different every day. And, you know, with all, with our entire roster, it's a lot of different personalities, but I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I've been doing it full time for, gosh, five years now. So That's awesome. And our relationship goes back a while now because I have had some of your clients on the show. Yes. Specifically, yes. Mornings in May? Yes. You've had Morning in May. I think you had Young Medicine. Young Medicine, yep. Um, Alteris twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because we've done a lot. It's, it's been like... a lot, yeah. Alteris and Everyone Dies in Utah have each been yeah. on the show twice. Yes. Our relationship goes back all the way to then. So I know you as well from seeing you on Facebook and everything. You're not kidding. You put a lot of work into this. And I know you recently just had your son born, your very first child. So congratulations to that. Thank you. Thank you. Owen is, he just turned eight months. So very nice. The, the, so 
he's eight months and I just moved into my offices about 10 months because the, <laughs> my home office has been commandeered into the baby room. Right. And plus I'm a loud talker on the phone. You know, I work <laughs> really, really late into the night. And it's like, if I'm screaming on the phone at two in the morning, it's better that, you know, I'm here at the, like I'm here at the office. I'll probably be here till about two in the morning, catching up on stuff. And you know, it's, it's 24 seven. It really is. But like I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. So that's great. It's great to be that hardworking. So you not only deal with the artists themselves, you know, you're talking about tour promoters, the publicists. So basically, do you talk to everyone in the music industry? You talk to record labels, you talk to press. Is it literally everyone? Yeah, it's everyone from publicists, publishers, um, TV supervisors, labels, um, radio, college radio, yep. um, sponsors. If we're doing like something, you know, we're trying to... Uh, we got a sunglass uh, sponsor deal. We're in, the, we're in the works. I can't name names. Oh sure. But uh, um, you know, with with their team, if there's like a, like a cool like business op that we're doing, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of different people throughout the day. So, yeah, it's not uncommon to get like a, like a phone bill. <laughs> like it <laughs> have it be like fifty plus pages of like the, like texts and messages. Wow. It's, yeah, it's so. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Now. When you are talking to all these groups of people, do you find that it's easier to talk to one group opposed to the other? Um, yes and no. I would the, uh, the best way to explain that. So, someone who's is, someone that's kind of seasoned in what they do, like for, for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I feel so comfortable speaking with you. Right. You've been doing this for a while. You know, you you, you know, you're pretty quick at it. You know, it's I I it's the it's when you talk to someone that's very new ah, at sure. what they're doing, whether it be, you know, uh, a band manager and they're brand new, they right, don't right. know anything. And it's just like, you know, and I'm always about helping people, but it's like, it's, I just, it's easier talking to people who are a little bit more seasoned sure. on what they do. Um, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Now, does that also go towards people, let's just say bands, for instance, that are with a label compared to bands that are doing it yourself, they're self-releasing? Is it easier to talk to, you know, one or the other on that one? Um, again, yes and no on that. You know, I've, I've, you know, I, I talk to a lot of different bands, you know, whether it be, you know, if we're interested in picking them up, managing, you know, most of my clients I've been working with for a long time, so they're all pretty, like, we're pretty on the same page and like, they're pretty easy to talk to. Sure. But if it's like a band I'm talking to and, you know, they've been in the business for, well, they think they've been in the business <laughs> for a long time. And then, you know, they're, they're kind of jaded because they haven't hit, you know, that certain level where they think they are. Right. Um, it can be kind of difficult to speak with. Or if you get like a baby band brand new that just has no idea of like what they're getting themselves into right. and they start talking tour and they start, I have one band. I've, I'm I'm not even going to name their names, but like they were, they haven't even toured yet. And they're already like, yeah, what do you think about like stadiums? And I'm just like, <laughs> you're 22 years old. Like, right. You need to like focus on like, yeah, it just, you know, their heart's in the right place. It's, you know, I'm all for it. You want to take over the world? Like, go for it. Like, that's what we're all in this for. But, right. like, you know, you got to – baby steps. You got to – <laughs> so. Right. 
Well, what is your management style then? Does it change based on who you're dealing with? Because you were just talking about it, right? There's some people that are more seasoned. There's some people that are less. But does your management style actually change based on who you're talking with? Um, no, not really. I'm I'm very hands on. I'm with um, I just I, I'm I'm a I'm a people person. I like mm-hmm. to speak on the phone. Right. Um, I would rather like because I, I I would. There's a lot of times you can solve something. Pick up the phone. Two seconds rather than 50 emails back and forth. Right. You know, I'm, I'm very hands-on or if like one of my bands are on the road, you know, I don't tour as much as I used to because, <laughs> you know, I've got, you know, I've got the baby now, but, you know, talking to the tour managers, talking to the other band managers, it's just very hands-on. Not to mention it's being very easy to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. This is the music business. It's not heart surgery. I like to think that no one's going to die. Like it's, <laughs> there's a lot of times people, I mean, I'm blessed to work in an industry of uh, with uh, doing something I'm passionate about, music. Right. There's no really reason to like, yeah, sometimes I'll get pissed off, but like most of the time I'm just like, there's no reason to freak out ever. It's it's music. It's no one's gonna die. <laughs> so very true. What is your background with going out with bands? Have you done that where you've gone, you know, you've done a full tour? Yes, I have. And those are fun. Different people, different cities, different, you know, days. Um you know, my, my music business background, I can even go further than, you know, back then, you, know, uh, you know, my management days. I don't know if uh, you knew this, but before I, I, um, I was a manager, I worked in licensing and royalties. Right, and right. I worked, yeah, I worked at APCO Music and Records in New York City. Yep. So um, the whole start of my music career. So I graduated college in 2008, and then I moved out to New York City, got a job at APCO Records in licensing. Um song placement, publishing, all that jazz, and some of their clients was the Rolling Stones, the Who, Toby Check, a lot of old school cats, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I did that for five years, and then I left that, you know, did, you know, did a couple tours with, you know, some bands, I know I'm I'm pretty good at managing bands, Right. so one band led to two bands, and then two bands led to three bands, and then three, the five, and the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this, and that was around (laughs) 2012, you know, I left the major label job in new york to dive headfirst into music management working with artists and the rest is history we've been doing it full full time for five years now and just it's you know it's every day it's a grind but i love it absolutely now what was that transition like from going to new york to now ohio (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) Uh, not so much the location but the like the working on a major label and then having that nice paycheck every two weeks yeah um, <laughs> benefits, 401k, pension, uh, you know, a, a record label job with a pension. You don't right. have that college tuition reimbursement. Oh, man. um, yeah. Health insurance to, you know, work <laughs> on my own, um, uh, big transition, um, paid holidays off. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it, it was a big transition, but I, I think I, you know, I do my best to keep my head above the water. Right. Um, uh, it's pretty much what it is when you go from it was more you know royalties and stuff like that you know i know a lot of people in the music business that have great careers doing that and it's just it's it's accounting and it's royalty statements and right. but when you're dealing with artists hands on day in day out it it's it's night and day it totally is because you're dealing with someone's personality instead of just looking at numbers all day long and so but um, yeah, it was a crazy transition. So, but I try to do my best. I work. I try to work hard. 
Well, no, that's that's a given. We we know for sure that you work hard. I, you. I see it all the time for sure. Now, let's even go farther back now. How did you even know in the first place that you wanted to get into, you know, the checking the royalties job? Was it just a love of music in general or did you actually do accounting and you found yourself going into the music industry? I kind of just fell into it. So, um, 2008, um, last year in college, so I graduated from Youngstown State University and my last, my senior year of college, I did a internship at Rock Ridge Music. It was a uh, independent record label, uh, Real Big Fish, Sister Hazel, mm-hmm. some cool ska bands. And, you know, I, I did that for summer, knowing that I wanted to get into the music business and that kind of solidified it. Right. So the internship's over, I graduate college and now my family's looking at me like, okay, so what are you going to do now? So this is right before the economy kind of collapsed in 2008 or 2009-ish and, sure. you know, 300 resumes later and a lot of phone calls. Um, this is before LinkedIn. I sound so old saying this, <laughs> but before LinkedIn and Facebook became what it is, like became what it, you know, is, right? you know, I got to, you know, I it's an app using records hiring again. I started out in their mail room worked my way up and then got into their, you know, royalties. And it was just, it open, it's a whole nother, it's this, it's this part of the music business a lot of people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know a lot about it. Um, you know, there's, you know, your mechanical royalties, your licensing, every time, you know, there's a TV show and there's music in the background. Yeah. I, I love it because I can audit a record, a record label royalty statement, like the best of them. But <laughs> like now, because I did that for so long, I can't watch tv without thinking or calculating the royalty rate or like uh, go to a sporting event and like hearing in the background like okay this person is collecting this and this is what's going on this and wow. this is the songwriter split yeah, yeah. it's like i can't shut it off now so it's a blessing and a curse but like <laughs> um but it's it was it's a really good to be able to transition that right. into management now because it's like when i look at my artist royalty statements it's you know, it's it's not as much as the Rolling Stones, you know, the who, sure. you know, Pete Townsend, but like, it's you know, it really helps. I because I can, you know, because I've had that background. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've also kind of thought about that as well, but I don't have the background to go into it like you do. I think the big thing that I think about when I hear, you know, songs on commercials as well. So not only, you know, things playing in the background of a sporting event or something, but just, you know, songs that are actually in commercials. What do you think about that now where it kind of seems like back in the day, I you know, quote unquote, back in the day when we were growing up, a band would be considered a sellout for having a song on the back of a commercial. Now it seems like that's actually one of the best ways to get your music out there because people will, you know, they're guaranteed to see the commercial and then they're going to go look up the track. What's your opinion on all that? (laughs) If it pays the bills, do it. Because the (laughs) industry is so, like, I'm 100% dead serious. Because I still get it once in a while. Oh, that band sold out. I'm like, no, that band's paying their electric bill. (laughs) Like, you know, because licensing can be, I had a friend, he was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like, it was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. You barely, barely hear his music in the background. He made $8,000. Wow. Barely. <laughs> and on the residuals. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I look at it as like, you know, who doesn't want an extra $8,000, $10,000? True. You know, all you, all you got to do is sign off on the license. Obviously, there's more than that. There's the pitching. There's the approval. There's, yeah. you know, being lucky to get your music in the right, you know, right people looking for the right projects because it's, it's cutthroat, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, 
a lot of artists, you know, they they know about it. It's just it's there's a lot behind the scenes to getting your music there. Right. So, but yeah, it's it can pay. I've seen some really high dollar licenses. Um, it it can pay really really well. Is it normally that the actual entertainment will reach out to the artist, like to someone like you, or are you actively pitching music to people to do something like that? It's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes music supervisors will do an email blast. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm working on this project. Um, you know, are we looking for someone in the vein of this? Here's the scenario. But a lot of times you have to be you have to be proactive and you know you have to make the opportunities uh, reaching out to let's just say like the TV show Nashville, you have to look up your music supervisors and then reach out to, I believe, um, you know, I believe their music supervisors, uh, worldly girl music. So you okay. like reach out to them and like pitch, this is who we're working with. And then, you know, they, you know, say, okay, this is, you know, they check it out. This is perfect. This is what we got coming up. It's yeah. It's, it's very, uh, you gotta be very, just like anything in music business, you have to be very, very persistent. Right. Lots and lots of emails. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I guess actually that is very similar to the way it is, you know, for the show is I will get pitched bands all the time. I'll wake up and I'll have, you know, five, six emails saying like, hey, can we get so-and-so on the show? And it's always a weird thing. And actually, this is a good question for you. Have you done that? I know we've talked plenty of times on email because I really like a lot of the bands that you have under 10 and 8 management. So I love their music. I want to talk to them. What's it like when someone says, or does it actually happen, where you pitch someone and someone says, ah, I don't think we can put them on the show right now. Is it just like it just rolls off your back or is it something that you continue to try for? I would I would personally would rather have someone say, no, that doesn't work mm-hmm. and respond to me because then that 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 means that door opens just a little bit and that email works. Gotcha. So if they respond and because it's it's it really sucks. It's like say you're pitching for, you know, a late night TV show and you're trying to get one of your artists on and the music, you know, the, uh, the music person does not get back to you. And it's just, you've been emailing and email. So it's like, you don't know if it's going to an empty email, but if someone's checking uh, it, but yeah, if yeah. someone, you know, even with radio or like a label, if someone says, no, that just doesn't fit. That means, that means there's a chance because that usually, <laughs> especially if they respond with an email signature right. and it's got their phone, because once you have their phone, it's like, now you can really fall. Right. I mean, <laughs> You really, it's just like any business, you know, it's, you really can't accept an answer you don't want for your clients. Right. There's been, you know, numerous times, you know, I've had people say, you know, oh, your clients suck. I just, you have to develop some very thick skin. Yeah. There's not much, you, you really can't hurt my feelings when it comes to this stuff. Cause I've, I've been told no so many times, but yeah, it's, it's in a weird way when someone says no, it's like, okay, game on. It's like, now I have to like convince you. It's like this weird switch goes on and it's, it may take six months. It may take a year, right? you know, and I've got, you know, dozens and dozens of spreadsheets of opportunities of like, okay, this person said, yes, this person said, no, this person said maybe. (laughs) And it's like sooner or later, I'm going to get back to that. And it's just, you know, things take time. And I've had, I've had, some really cool opportunities, especially sponsorships. Yeah. You know, some of them, we had one, it took nine months, but it went through, it was really cool. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Now, 
is there anything you can do that would be considered unprofessional when you talk about, you know, trying to either get a sponsorship or get an artist, you know, to come join your team? Is there anything that would be considered unprofessional? Um, I usually don't like to speak, you know, ill of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, I mean, in this business, it's it's not a big bit. I mean, you run like people know every. I mean, everyone knows everyone, and a lot of times, you know, the ones that are unprofessional, their actions, or even on Facebook, I'm not yep. going to name names, but <laughs> they'll post some crazy shit. And because I'm, you know, I'm all about client comes first, their music, right. Everything else is secondary. The tenant eight management, that's it's the client comes first. So, you know, you see, you know, you see people that, you know, they represent artists or a label and they'll post something. And I'm just like, you know, this is a job, right. <laughs> you know, like you got to keep it professional. You really have to like certain things, you know, I, and I know there's certain things going on right now in the world that mm-hmm. are like they're hot issues. And, you know, a lot of people are angry, but at the end of the day, you really have to separate, you know, even though it's Facebook and a lot of people would argue that's, you know, oh, that's my Facebook. Well, you represent, you know, somebody else's, you know, brand. So you right. have to keep it, you know, it's, so as far as like professional stuff like that, you know, I, you know, I try to shy away from posting anything crazy because I represent people. Right. And as far as other unprofessional, I would say reaching out, poaching. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I I always joke with my artists. You know, I don't I don't poach artists. I rescue artists. But <laughs> no, uh, all joking aside, you know, if it's you know, if uh, I've had plenty of artists where they're like, you know, my management, they're not doing their job, and you know, I'm, you know, if, it it becomes a sticky situation because at the end of the day, you never know when you might work again with that that manager, and you don't want them to think that you stole a client. So you kind of you really gotta try to act as professional as you can all the time. And I've seen some really shady things go oh, on sure. there. Yeah. Would you say for your line of work now that social media in general helps or hinders what you're doing? I would say, again, both. both. <laughs> it helps because I can reach out to – there's been plenty of times where I need to get a hold of a contact at a certain business, mm-hmm. and I've hit up someone on – I I like phone calls and emails best. Right. Um, that's just, you know, I've been in the business 10 years and that's just what I'm so used to. But like, there's been times where I need to get a hold of someone on Facebook Messenger, boom, 30 seconds later, they're giving me contact. Sure. Um, it can hinder people. Again, like I was saying, you'll see talent buyers or promoters or other managers, they'll post, you know, you and I have a, same, a lot of the same mutual friends yeah. and they'll post a lot of crazy shit. And it's like, <laughs> I look at it as like, you know, you really don't get to see these people, you know, they live on other parts of the country. It's like, so the only the only image you're getting of this person is what they post online. Right. So if they post crazy shit every day, you're going to think, wow, that fucking person's crazy. You know, because there's <laughs> been times I've, I've met people. I'm like, wow, they're so cool. Not what I expected. So I try to keep it as like what you get, you know, in as for myself on the phone or in person, mm-hmm. trying to keep that as the same online because, you know, all the same. So you as a, as a business, as 10 and eight management, when you bring someone new on, do you have a conversation with them about proper social media etiquette or anything like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do. Well, a lot of times you'll see, you know, you'll see bands, they'll post something very disrespectful. We'll sure. say that. Okay. 
whether it be someone that has passed away or a, a big event going on right now, mm-hmm. you know, I always tell my artists, if you want to talk about it, you talk to me, <laughs> you know, don't yeah, go venting online because <laughs> it just, it, it affects so many people. If, if it's a signed client, it affects the label, yep. it affects the publicist, the booking agent management, or if they're on tour, it's so much, a lot of times these bands, you know, um, you know, you see, bands they'll post stuff like that and they they don't think they they become very they're they're selfish and it's like at the end of the day it's it affects so many people especially if you have a a big team and people that are busting their ass for your music so yeah i talk to all my artists i'm very (laughs) um i've been pretty good knock on wood about not having anything you know but it's most of my clients you know they're all very you know mellow as far as where it comes and stuff and then you know they all understand Right. Because it's it's the big picture, and you don't want something to bite you in the ass, you know, three, four, five years down the road. I mean, Very you true. and I have seen it. Someone tweet something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's happened. I think I have a struggle with that sometimes too, for sure. But I guess that kind of leads me to podcasts and interviews in general. Do you get worried that your artists are going to say something that they shouldn't during those type of sessions as well? Um, not the the ones that I should be. The, the ones that I, I just started working with, but I've been working with a lot of my artists for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, they they know like what to, you know, not say. Sometimes, you know, if I'm there in person and like they start going, you know, they'll get they'll see, you know, Papa Mishko give them a look like <laughs> you need to tone it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't had any. Luckily, knock on wood again, but I haven't had any incidences where, you know, something like that has happened. So, oh, that's good. All right. And that leads me to another thing. I, I got so much stuff that I want to talk to you about. Oh, because this is all I'm an open book. This behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I have bands that will, you know, I'll talk to obviously on the show and I get their perspective of things. But this is a completely different perspective. So it's great for me. So obviously I do podcasts. I don't do them for a living. It's something I love and, you know, I dedicate a lot of time to it. You've been doing this for five years, this part of it. You know, the evolution of podcasts has definitely happened within that time. What does the industry think of all of these different podcasts that sprout up? Do they like it? Does it help? Is it an issue as well sometimes? Do they not even want to bother and just stick to the big names like Alt Press and everything? What is it like for you? I, I, I Well, for me, you know, I can't speak on other people. I look at it as like, um, you know, I'll address your part of the podcast. Um, I remember when podcasts were up and coming and like it was, you know, something that like you heard of but like a lot of people didn't mess with it and it's like now i think they're just as beneficial as you know as any other uh, media source i mean look at um look at the joe rogan experience i listen to him religiously he's got millions and he's got millions and millions and now he's a competitor against howard stern and and it just started with him you know on youtube and it's it's like yeah podcasts are playing a huge role i've seen friends with podcasts you know, blow up and, you know, they, they get some, some really big names. Um, I, you know, it's, it's really beneficial. And as far as like, you know, interviews and stuff like that, I look at it as like, if someone's willing to take their time, whether their audience is small, medium, large, they're going to give you the time of day. They're going to interview you and they're going to promote you. Right. Why wouldn't your artist do it? You know, if now there's, time, you know, if there's a time constraint, you, you know, artists on tour and they can't fit it in. That's different. Yeah, but like, absolutely. You know, I, I look at it as like the more press, the merrier for the, you know, for the art. Because at the end of the day, it just pushes the brand. Right. 
No, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I always wonder as an outsider perspective what people actually think because I actually reached out to you a little while back. There's a label that I just cannot get a hold of no matter what. And I tried <laughs> all of these different ways. I've literally talked to the artist in person and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. Just contact this person. And it just never happens. So it's just interesting to me to ask that question. It's just like we were talking about before. The worst part is not getting an answer because you never know if they're actually getting that message or not. Exactly. And it, it, could, be, it could be really frustrating um, because there's, you know, or if you've been emailing this one email for like, you know, for a while now, and then you you finally get a hold of that person, they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I, I, that's my old email. I haven't checked that." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like eight follow ups. You like realize that, yeah, no one's been fucking reading it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, very true. Very true. Let me turn this conversation a little bit to touring because I always think that is really interesting. You said you work with tour promoters. You've been out on tour with tons of bands. What is the actual setup like for getting a tour off the ground? Well, a lot of... Let's, let me see how I can break this down. So you may have seen me post about it on Facebook. So like, so like if you have a band that's going to be a headliner or if they're going to do a co-headline tour, it's kind of like... It's kind of like chess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you seen that one that scene from Harry Potter with the, the, all the big chess pieces? Oh, sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just like that. Now, if you're trying to go for tour support and you're trying to be on a bigger band's tour, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like you're the second grader trying to be on the cool kids kickball team and you're like screaming <laughs> like, pick me, pick me, pick my client, you know? Sure. So that's what it's kind of like. But so let's say, you know, Cause if, if like all terrorists, they're on the yeah. Alisana tour right now, right. it's been a kick-ass tour, three, four, 500 uh, kids every night. It's been really oh, yeah. great. Um, so that, you know, a tour like that, usually, you know, you know, like Alisana, they're the headliner. So like their team, you know, mostly handles everything, you know, they'll send you the, like, this is what you're getting every night. This is the, you know, this is the itinerary, but as mm-hmm. if your band is doing a headlining tour or co-headlining, you, you know, first thing you'd have to do is, um, you know, you, you know, you speak to your agent and then you tell them, okay, this is the time frame that we're wanting to do. So if it's, um, it's a domestic tour, like, uh, something in the United States, mm-hmm. you usually do about three, three and a half months out. So, okay. um, if it's something out of the country, four or five months out, because it's, you know, a lot more logistics. For so, sure. you know, you touch base with your agent, say, you know, I, I want to do November. So then, okay. You look at the time frame. When do you want to do it? In November. Oh, you want to do the whole month? And then, you know, you talk to your agent. This is when the band's available. You know, how many bands on the package? You know, you get the, the nitty gritty down and then you work on a route. Right. So the agent will, you know, they'll drop a spreadsheet. These are the starting, these are, these are all the dates. These are all the cities. And you kind of want to keep the cities three and a half, five hours apart. Okay. Sometimes you, there's nothing you can do when you're out west. So you got to go like eight, nine hours apart. Right. When you get to more towards eight, nine hours, it could kind of be eight, nine hours on a van. It could be, you know, you drive anyone crazy. Oh, sure. So <laughs> you get the routes, um, you know, then, you know, once you have that, you, you pitch around to other managers, like see if you want to, you know, build a package, see if you can get other bands on it. It's always great to work with other teams. Oh, so yeah, sure. you'll, you'll, you know, send that out. So now, so say you have three band package, all the bands agreed, agreed on the dates. Um, you know, everyone likes the route. So now the agent will reach out to promoters and start getting holds. Okay. So 
and then they'll just, you know, connect the dots. And wow. then, you know, when that's all said and done, you know, now I, you know, as a manager, you know, I'll, I'll set up, you know, okay, who's the graphic designer, take it, make a tour ad mat flyer for the tour. Mm-hmm. I like to do, you know, like really cool stuff is like try to get sponsors, try to yeah. get, you know, try to do like business deals, stuff like that. Try, you know, whether guitar strings, you know, say like, hey, here's our client. They're doing a 30 day tour through, you know, the United States. So like once you have that, you know, and it's, you know, comes time to announce, then you'll take that, you, you know, or in the meantime, you'll, you know, always let the label know this is what's going on. You always right. keep the label in the know and yep. the publicist, and then they'll take that and then they'll, uh, you know, they'll send out their press, you know, their emails, set up interviews, um, you know, set up radio station um, yeah. interviews, stuff like that. Podcast interviews, like when we're doing regional, yep. national, and then before you know it, the tour starts and the tour's over. And that wow. doesn't include, you know, making sure that the band has merch, getting all that stuff set up, you know, getting the CDs ordered, um, you know, making and then the band making sure that the vans, you know, because that sucks when the van when the van breaks down. Oh, I had a, yeah. I had a, everyone does. Utah was on a tour once and the, the van actually <laughs> caught on fire once, oh, leaving Texas. That was yeah. I think I lost yeah a little bit of hair that night. That was a crazy one. So. Jeez because there's only so much you can do like i'm like my office is i'm in ohio and you get mm-hmm. like a band that's in florida or texas and like you find out oh their band caught on fire or their brakes went out or something happened and there's nothing real. you can only say can do so much at two o'clock in the morning you very know? true so but that's that's a tour playing in a nutshell i guess so to speak look that's fascinating I've always wondered how that kind of comes about because yeah, you've got so many moving pieces that you know the yeah, chessboard was a lot like, of chess pieces. Yeah, that was very uh, yeah, that was a good analogy there. Here's a question then. So I am obviously a fan of a lot of the bands that's in your management team. I've had them on my show. I still have not had a chance. This is a very personal question, obviously, but I have still not had a chance to see these great bands live because they never come out to this part of the East Coast, so the Boston area, you know, New Hampshire, all yeah. this. I guess, how do people decide on what areas they're going to go to and which ones they aren't? A lot of times, it's certain, it's just, believe it or not, there's just certain areas of the country, there's just no good promoter. Um, Interesting, okay. Yeah, and, and if there's no one to, like, promote the show and, like, put on the show, like, I'm trying to buy a music venue here in Youngstown, Ohio, because there's just really nothing in this there's a hole in on the map of you right. know and it's nobody's fault it's just there's no it's just there's a void in the market and sometimes you know a lot of times you know i see it all the time like fans fans will complain like oh they're not coming to my it's it's a lot of times it's it's out of the band's hands oh for uh, sure or or you know there's a great market and that promoter just has another tour coming through and then you have to you know because that's another thing if you have a compete like if you have you know let's say like somewhere in South Carolina or Atlanta mm-hmm. and there's another big tour coming through, you know, agents talk. And it's like, yeah. you don't want, you know, if you got a huge tour right down the, you know, right across the street and you're playing Atlanta, they're playing Atlanta. You're going to want to go somewhere else, you know, right. a couple of hours. Um, same thing with like Warp Tour, you know, I, there's a lot of bands that fall Warp Tour, but there's also, oh, sure. you know, if you've got, you know, if you're playing somewhere like say Chicago and mm-hmm. World Tour is like again right down the street. There's not too many people are going to come to your show, so it's right. always you know. Or if there's other events that are going on, so that plays a big role in it as well too. 
that is so weird. And like I said, this is more personal than anything else, oh, just because it's something I've noticed in Boston relatively recently. We're not getting the same amount of shows that we used to. And then Boston is, quote unquote, losing out to Worcester. If you're familiar, that's yeah. where, you know, the Worcester Palladium is. That's a pretty famous venue. Or sometimes a prom- like you'll see um, a hot market and a lot of great, you know, bands come through and it's like man they're they're this one market like all the bands are hitting and then that promoter wants to do something else or he quits or he gets to yeah. you know life happens and then now that promoter's not working out of that area anymore now bands aren't coming to that area so okay. yeah that plays a big part as well too yeah i guess i didn't know how important promoters were and how they get to basically dictate based on the taste of music that they would want right yeah, it's especially the ones that are investing big money because a lot of bands, the higher tier bands, it mm-hmm. can be big money, but they're also taking you know a, a bigger risk as far as right. like you know because if you if you pay five grand for a band and then no one shows and it's like okay what you know obviously you know you can control you know try to control things but it's like okay what happened why right. <laughs> why did I lose money on that so. No, very true. Very true. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I know I said that before, but it really is. And I know for a fact, actually, that all terrorists are doing awesome because my co-host Jackson lives in Dallas. So the other day, he just went and saw the tour and he said it was amazing. Oh, nice. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's usually, um, you know, a lot of bands, they... Our roster is really good. They understand you have to tour. That's, you know, that builds your fan base. Um, right. But I get a lot of bands that are like, you know, oh, we need management. And then, I, you know, first thing I ask them, do you have the ability to tour? Um, is there, what's your home life like? And I've even seen labels ask this. Like, they'll say, before we even present you an offer, you know, what? I had a band one time. They sounded great. And right before, we, you know, we put pen to paper, they're like, oh, yeah, so our composer's is in. You know, he's got a wife and he's got three kids and he's got two jobs and he's a uh, he's an EMT driver. Oh, okay. <laughs> so how are you going to miss family? Into, you know, and it's, you know, I'm a family man myself. And if right. you can make it work, um, you, you know, more power to you. But it's just you're, this isn't your typical nine to five industry. Right. You have to grind. You have to miss birthdays. You have to miss Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, family events, funerals. Unfortunately, it's just, yeah. you know, you do everything you can. But, you know, if you're on the other side of the country and there's an emergency back home, it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, if you've got a five band tour package, um, most of the time, managers and promoters were all accommodating, you know, because we understand everyone has family. Right. But like sometimes <laughs> You know, no matter, like, we move all the pieces and stuff, and it's just like, you know, I got to tell my artists, I can't get you home. There's, you know, and, like, they understand, you know, that there's five bands on the package, and there's just so much wrapped up into it that, you know, all these people just can't move their one, you know, for that person. So, Hmm. you know, we try our best not to let that happen, and we try to be as accommodating as possible, but, you know, sometimes those difficult conversations happen. So is it really true nowadays that most bands, at least from personal experience, that they make most of their money from the ability to tour? Yes. Um, okay. Well, it's uh, merch. That's, merch, yeah. Yeah, that's where a lot of it is because most of the, most of the bands, it's going right back in the gas tank. Um, right, right. You know, a lot of your you know, album sales, that's, most of that's always in recruitment. You know, you got your licensing. 
mm-hmm. you know, if you get something on TV, that can be nice. Um, you get your royalties from like a BMI, you know, they're your performance rights organizations that yeah. pay royalties and stuff like that. But a majority of bands, the income is it's from merch sales because if you, you know, if, if you if you're playing a really great show and you know, I've seen bands make two three thousand dollars a night. Oh, very nice on merch. And you know, if you do ten of those in a row, that that can be really beneficial. Um, College now, as far as like performances and money, college shows can be really good. We've had a lot of our artists do some really high-paying college shows, and those, oh, okay. those, um, you know, we always like to try to have those be in the middle of a tour, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like the anchor. If you right. get like, uh, you know, a band going out, and they'll, you know, colleges, you, you know, use most of the time they like to pay higher because that, you know, you get kids that are in the middle of nowhere, they're from away from families, they want to make sure that they're active and sure. You know, if a band, you know, if there's a $10,000 college show right in the middle of a tour, that's always nice for everyone. Yeah. Will that be one of those things where a college reaches out to you or is it both where you'll also reach out knowing you're going past a school that might be interested? It's a little, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, we've had colleges reach out to us because we've done events with them in the past and they're like, look, we have a spring break event coming up. Um, who do you have coming through? Um, I heard the money's right. We'll fly one of our artists out. Um but yeah, college shows, those are always, those, those are always nice. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the colleges, you know, they roll off the red carpet, you know, not that saying that club promoters don't, you know, I've, there's a lot of great promoters out there. There's a lot of city promoters too, but <laughs> right. you know, a lot of the college shows, you know, they, they really like to roll off the red carpet, for, you know, for our clients. No, that's very nice. I'm going to go back to something you had mentioned, you know, with making more money on merch and everything. Do you know any of the behind the scenes stuff with Spotify and Apple Music? Is that really helping artists now or is that still one of those things that you're iffy about? Uh, it definitely helps. You know, if, if you get an artist and they've got, you know, a million active users every month listening, that's always good. But sometimes, you know, you you see artists that they'll brag, oh, we've got a, you know, a million, you know, active listeners on Spotify and they'll yeah. play a club show and they can't bring 50 people. Right. So it's like, right. how, <laughs> you know, it's like, what is that number? Is that, do they bother you on Spotify? You know, like what, what's going on there? Cause it's, you can pretty much fudge all numbers. You can't, right, right. it's just, it's with like technology nowadays, but, but to answer your question, yeah, I'd say, you know, it's just like, you know, radio. I don't think Spotify is. It, it's. It's. It's not going to be. It's. Uh, what's the best way to word this? I don't think it's right where its full potential is yet. Okay. Because there's still a lot of people that, like in the Midwest, they listen to their radio. You know, they, yeah. and you know, not everyone has a Spotify account, but I think it's going to be. You know, it's. It's very very soon. It's going to be number one. Interesting. Yeah. The radio thing is always very interesting to me because I started in radio and it seems to me like a dying industry. But then I'll go out to Iowa for my, you know, my regular job and I'll notice there's really nothing else you can listen to besides your phone. If you go in your car, you're going to actually have to listen to the radio. But it still seems to me and I don't know about you in Ohio or not, but when I turn on that radio in Iowa, it's that same old terrible, terrible rock radio with the random clips of you know women like screaming and stuff, and them going like, "Ah, oh, the rock is back, greatest rock in the world." Yeah, or oh yeah, and, it's, and I, then they play the same thing. <laughs> I, you know, I think as far as like, you know, 
Radio Rock is that's become like that and dad rock, you know. Yeah. Hear those two terms, that's become like their own genres. But uh, you know, you see, there's still occasional metal stations out there. You know, Sirius, you know, does big things. You know, break a lot of bands. But it's, I think, radio is. It's one of those things where, if you know, you send it out to a few. Like, if one of my bands. You know, it's like like Altaris. They just dropped a new single, and it's you know I'm, yeah. I'm sent out to some radio people, and like it's some awesome. Of them by like the way. yeah, you know this would fit perfectly. And some of them are like, what the hell are you sending this for? This is too you know uh, underground metal, and you know it's different markets, so it's it's all in, you know you hope for the best and see what you can land as far as you know just like with with everything. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Altaris. Actually, I love that new single. Obviously, shared it you. around with everyone. Yeah, it's it's really great. And I forget the name of the site that premiered it. But how do you work that out normally? How do you decide, okay, that site can go ahead and premiere that? How does all that work? So usually, you know, um, so like oh, with Altaris, they have, uh, so their publicist, Jen, over at, the, at, at Catalyst Publicity, she's great. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Jen. So, Absolutely. you know, she'll, you know she'll, she brought up, you know, talking to the label and, you know, revival recordings and, you mm-hmm. know, I can't go too much behind the scenes, but as far as oh, like, sure. <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, you always want to aim for a premiere because it's, you know, it's always, it's always really cool because then it's, you know, you're partnering up with the website and, you know, you, you shoot it out there and, you know, she, you know, she has all of her contacts at different websites and, you know, press outlets and see, you know, who gets back. A lot of times, honestly, it's, it's scheduling, you know, you always, you always say, you know, you want the, the biggest, you know, the biggest website to premiere well sure. you know yeah. um but some like i said sometimes it's scheduling sometimes you know a lot of people you know they'll ask well how come you didn't have this site premiered right you didn't have this it's well it's scheduling if if you know if this site has you know event sevenfold's brand new single coming out they're gonna focus on that <laughs> you, right, know? Right. It's, you know it's it's you know you reach out to all your great contacts you know this is who we're pitched out for and you know see who can you know get the the best timing and you know we, we great premiere with h&m magazine yeah, they've been they've been great to us so always do a lot of our premieres and you know i lo- love that site oh very nice okay yeah it completely slipped my mind of what the name was so yeah i noticed that and i noticed just like what you're saying you know sometimes it'll be all press sometimes it'll be like tattoo or something i never knew why or how that happened but it makes sense that the publicist would go ahead and send that out to anyone and be like hey we're looking to drop the single on this date. Can you accommodate that? Yeah, because sometimes it's like, you know, um, just even like with yourself, you, mm-hmm. you know, you and I going back and forth, you know, different dates on, you know, when we could do this podcast. And right. It's just it's scheduling. And, you know, sometimes it's just things work out. Sometimes they, they don't. And it's, you know, that's that's why it's, it's always different, you know, different websites, different premieres. Well, getting back to, you know, what an artist can do then for social media and getting their name out there. I know I have seen you talk about, you know, how a band should market themselves because I just had this debate on the Ian Hates Music Show about bands that like to friend everyone. They'll get them to, you know, follow them or whatnot, and then they'll unfriend or unfollow them and expect that person to still continue to do it. Is there a method behind all that? Do you tell your clients that that's a good idea? Like, what is the best way for a band to market themselves? In my opinion, I think the best way, you know, uh, you know, we, 
I have talks with a lot of different publicists and, you know, they always say, you know, this is what you should be doing in this and, you know, that, but, you know, it's essentially you want to, you know, you're a brand, you want to put it, you know, your entire life out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got, you know, your Facebook page, you got your Instagram, then you got your Instagram live, then your Instagram stories, Snapchat, (laughs) Twitter. Um, what am I missing? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Oh, and then, you know, Facebook live and then sometimes Twitter a lot, you know? So it's, you know, there's certain ones. Um, I usually tell my artists, so Instagram's the hot, you know, that's, that's what's hot at the moment. Instagram, Instagram stories. Um, you get better views with Instagram stories. And then I always tell my artists, like, what you post on Instagram, put that, just put Facebook's, until something knocks Facebook, remember when MySpace was around? Until something knocks Facebook out, you know, just put what what you put on your, you know, your other social media pages. Put that on your Facebook. Same thing with Twitter. Yeah. Um, but certain ones you could be a little bit more personable. Snapchat, um, Instagram stories. Now, as far as you know, the reason why I tell my bands, you know, to, to do certain ones is because you don't want, you know. Like if you have a band that, that does 50, pay, 50 posts a day on Facebook, the algorithm on Facebook isn't going to show up on your feed. Most of the time, uh, like, most, most people I know follow 50 to 100 bands. It's just, okay. they, 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 oh, friends, friends, they like my page. Okay, like it. You know, but like, you'll never see the content. Now, that comes, now we're getting into the territory of paid promotions. Now, yes. there's been a lot of bands out there that spent a lot of money. Uh, like, I prevail. Yeah. Perfect example that Taylor that Taylor Swift cover. They spent mm-hmm. a lot of money. That's a game they took, and it paid off. But right. I've also seen a lot of bands spend thousands and thousands of dollars, and they're still in the same boat. You know, it's it's so it's it's just like it's it's advertising. At the end of the day, it's what it is: marketing and it's advertising branding. It's right. What it is, and you know, it's it's the same thing that I mean. It's just music that's different. You know, you would see. You know, I tell my artists. You know, look to see what, you know, what's, what's Ferrari doing? What's co- these cologne companies doing? What's, you know, what's these high-end, you know, retailers doing? You know, mm-hmm. those are brands. What's 50 right. Cent doing? It's crazy as it sounds. It's like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, they're getting thousands and thousands of, you know, clicks and likes and people are seeing that stuff. Right. And, you know, I tell my artists, you know, put your life out there. It's, it takes time. It really takes time. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people, they... You know, they want to blow up overnight. It, it don't happen, especially right. YouTube. You know, if I remember, I remember when Joe Rogan, uh, his podcast, he had maybe a third. And now he's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Oh, he's right. on the, I think he's on episode like 998, something like He's about to crack a thousand. Oh, a thousand wow. interviews. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how it goes. Like, right. well, I, don't, I don't even, well, what, you know. I know you're well up there in the interviews, but you know, it takes time editing, scheduling. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Next <laughs> thing you know, you got a year's worth of work. And it's, you know, I tell my artist, like, it takes time. No, it's very true. Now, what do you think about the trend of buying followers or buying likes for your page? I think it can bite you in the ass. I really do. Um, you, you see a band, a perfect example, like, you, you see a band. That's got a million views on YouTube. Right. And you look at their likes, and they got like twenty likes. You're telling me out of a right. million people, only <laughs> twenty people click that thumbs up. Like, people aren't. And people are so technology savvy. People aren't stupid. 
booking right. agents aren't a promoter is going to see you know if he sees okay they've got a hundred thousand you know twitter followers a hundred thousand facebook followers eighty-five thousand instagram they're getting ten thousand clicks here ten thousand views and it's all kind of the same you know that's genuine fan base but if you right. see someone that's like okay thousand facebook likes and 20 instagram followers and it's right. like we got a we got a video but our video a million views but only got five <laughs> likes it's like you bought your shit that's what you did yeah so. i see it as well as an artist or you know this goes for a podcast as well or really anything comedians whatever but they'll show up on one of the social media sites you'll see like when their page was created and maybe it was like a month ago and then you see a hundred thousand people following them. You're yeah. like, that's not possible. It's simply not possible that you had the greatest song or the greatest episode of something to get that many people to like and follow that. Oh yeah, I've seen Facebook pages of artists and two hundred thousand likes, and their posts are getting like six likes a day. It's like yeah. I know the algorithm kind of like screws with what your viewership, but it's like out of 200,000 people, you're only getting six likes on your Facebook page? I don't think so. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> That's always good to know, I think, for artists as well because, yeah, there's a lot of different social media trickery yeah, that you can go is. through. And, yeah, I, I think, I want to hope that most of it doesn't work, but people still fall for some things sometimes. Yeah. I Or you get, you'll see people, um, certain pages, they'll just disappear and it'll become yeah. someone else because that page, you know, bought likes and bought likes and bought likes, and then they sold the page. Right. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, you see with Spotify numbers too. Like going back to what I said, you know, you you uh, this average user, two hundred thousand average listeners, and they yep. can't draw five people in their hometown. You know? Right. Right. No, very true. Well, let me bring this all the way around because we have been talking for a while and I know I got a lot out of this. I want to ask you just in general for 10 and 8 management, how do you decide on the artists that you want to bring in and dedicate all this time that you're dedicating? How do you know which one is right for you? A lot of it first you have to be a fan of the music, without okay. a doubt. Yep. Yeah, like, um, you have to. And... You know, there's not an artist on my roster that I wouldn't say that they're the best at what they do. Now, it's going to sound a little pretentious, but if you if you manage an artist, you have to fully believe in them. You have to, you know, it's they're putting their heart and soul into what they do. Right. Now, with that being said, like you kind of like trust me, I've have had some artists that you know you parted ways because it's just you. You, but like I'm at the point now where I. I can pick up on the red flags and you, mm -hmm. you talk to artists for a while and it's like where their heads at, they start saying, Oh yeah. You know, why don't you call up rise records and like get us on there? I'm like, <laughs> you played four shows in the last eight months. I'm sure Mike Milford's going to pick up my phone call. <laughs> you know, I'm sure equal vision. Oh yeah. I'm going to call art. You know, the guys over at artery, they're going right. to, they're really, you know, as artists, some bands don't understand that. It's like, you know, you can, you know, I, I know, you know, I'm pretty good colleagues with all the labels and it's like you, mm -hmm. you don't want to, you, you know, if, if, if you go to them with something like that, they're going to look at, they're going to look at you like, what the hell are you doing? Bringing a, uh, bring like bringing this baby. What, what are you doing? You know, cause you can only <laughs> pull those triggers so many times. Right. And, um, but as far as like, you know, you have to be a fan first. And then you just, there's something about, uh, 
I don't know. I, I like to think that I have good taste in music. I've been told I have good taste in music. Um, I'm blessed to do this full time and, right. you know, keep my, I still keep my head above the water five years now. Um, as far as, you know, I tell artists like, you know, you, they have to tour, they have to sacrifice, they have to grind, right. you know, they, you just, you have to be willing to, you know, do what others won't now so you can have the life that others can't later. And, you know, I'm really big on, you know, I, I try to be pretty picky. Like I'm like, I'm pretty good. Like right now for, for, for metal bands. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I, cause I'm real big on like, I don't like to have my artists compete with each other. Like, oh, sure. you know, like I have a pop punk band. Right. Mill, they're awesome. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, but you know, so I, I really don't want another pop punk band and, you know, don't don't get me wrong. Blink One Eight Two is knocking my door. Like, okay, <laughs> like I I'll make some room for on the roster. You Absolutely. Know? You know, it's their event sevenfold. Like, you know, or Bring Me Horizon. It's like, yeah. I, I'm sure we can. I've got metalcore. I'm sure we I can, can work something out. We can work something out. You know, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't I don't like to have competition because then. You know, at the end of the day, I don't need one of my clients being like, well, how come you gave this tour to them and not us? And it's right. like, I'm pretty, you know, so, some of some of my artists, they they kind of merge genres, but like they're each in their own individual lane. And I like it like sure. that. Um, you know, and you have to have confidence in your in your artists. You have to, you know, with a straight face, you have to be able to look someone across, you know, that that board table and say, you know, I think. I'd, I'd put them up against anyone, you know, bring me your best. You have to, you have to have that confidence. And, you know, sometimes people say that, well, you're just, that's kind of pretension. No, it's, you have to really fully believe like you're selling a brand right. if you, so, but as far as like, and not only that, they just, they have to be good. They have to be really <laughs> kick-ass live. And right. I think all of our artists on 10 and 8, you know, not to my own horn. I think they're all really badass on stage. They really bring, you know, because people want to be entertained. Yeah. Take time out of your day. You want to go to a concert, you know, spend, you know, before, you know, you know, parking, get, you know, getting the door tickets, you know, merch and everything. Like, it's Ben's job. Put on a kick-ass show because that's going to you want to come back. Yeah, especially when you see that live kick-ass show where it just stays with you and you yeah. always remember that band. They are imprinted in your mind. Yeah, and then when you hear their song again, it's like it takes you back and it's just like, man, that was kick-ass. Like, I had a fun time with my friends. Like, we all went out. Yeah, we went to the show. And it's like it brings you back to that place. And Right. So. I totally agree. And, yeah, I think you have a great roster. Obviously, I only have people on my show who I love. So I had Morning in May. I had All Terrace twice. I had Everyone Dies in Utah twice. And I did want to ask you, Let's do like an artist spotlight. I love the guys in Young Medicine. I've been waiting for like new music. I've been waiting to see what the next step for them is. What is your plan for Young Medicine? How do you push them to be more of like a household name? So they're working on new music. Um, so their booking agent, you know, him and I had a discussion, you know, because they just got off a tour like a month and a half ago out on right. the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we told them like, you know, you got to get an album finished. Because a lot of time, you know, if you if you want to label, yeah, labels nowadays they don't want two demos. They want a fully finished product. So right. that that's the days of just rough demo. Like those those days are long gone. <laughs> like they want fully, you know, they they want a Lamborghini. That's what you know they they want, and then so that they can pump money into it. So right. with the young mess, you know, I, I told them I was like, you know, 
right now they're in the studio they're busting out music it's what's great is when you get a band like that and they do their own music videos and they're very you know they do oh yeah you know josh over at young medicine he's very talented he's a graphic designer he can do all that stuff and yep. when you can do it in-house and you know things aren't cheap they no, aren't no, they are music video <laughs> photography all that stuff you know, right. Brett, he, you know, he's his own producer. He owns his own studio, and that's what he does for a living. And being able to do all that stuff in house, it really can save money because then, that, then you can take that money that you would have spent on that stuff and go buy yourself a new tour van, like what they did. Yeah. Right. So, but what they're doing, so they're working on new music videos. They're working on new music, and then we're trying to get them out like November, December ish, and okay. then just from there, just kind of. You know, do what we did with Altaris. You know, Altaris did uh, shit. I think nine. This is their ninth tour this year. Oh yeah, so, they've been out constantly. Yeah, and you know, it's this, it's 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 a package. It's a formula that we found that works. That's yeah. you know, that's how you build fans. You get on the road and have that full package, and then build the team. Because right. teamwork makes the dream work as cliche and corny <laughs> as that. I always say that. But it's true. It really is. It's true. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. No, that's awesome to hear. No, I still talk to the guys all the time, actually. It's Josh's birthday today, right? Oh, no, Peter's birthday. Peter's birthday. There yeah, we go. So I was, he just yeah, turned 21. Yes. So, oh, these young bucks. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Well, I, I talk to my artists every day. And it's right. like you forget that, like, these artists are, like, 11 years younger than you. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, like... So yeah, he's uh um yeah he he turns twenty one today and it's you know they're they're good guys they they really are and that's no. another thing I'm so glad that you can you know continually talk with because I tell my artists like um, perfect example like everyone dies in Utah yeah they had a reporter what was it four years ago like mm -hmm. mess like he wanted to do another interview with them because. Yeah. It was like it was like four years ago. He brought his little brother out, and the band was so cool to the, his little brother. So now that reporter was higher up in a mag at a at a newspaper, and then he, they put their interview like really high up there in the you know. So I always tell my artists like you know, every, you know people everyone you know they like humbleness, they like politeness, you, you know they like. No one likes dealing with a dick. <laughs> you right. know, it's like, right. it comes, it's just like what I said. It's like, you know, I like, as a manager, I like to pride myself as just being easy. To, you know, I like to strive to be that person I'd like to work with, you know? Right. And I always, it's like, you know, I like to think that I'm not an asshole. You know, it's, you know, my art is a joke. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, he is one. But like, nobody likes to deal, again, you see people, they're, pretentious facebook posts are like they're very difficult to deal with on email it's just like really right music. it doesn't have to be difficult it does not have to be very true no and i get it a lot as well i mean i think i have a very good relationship with danny as well we talk from time to time he's been on the show twice and we just shoot the shit about basketball or something and you know just like i was talking about today peter and i were just talking he wants to come and do ian hates movies Oh so, my God, that'd yeah. be an eight-hour episode. But let's I know, set it right? up. <laughs> we would never stop talking. It would just continue, <laughs> and we're going to. And that's what's great is everyone from your team that I've had on the show has been awesome. They're just awesome guys. So yeah, it is great to remember that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's no, it's you're exactly right because it's like you know I tell my artists, you know, you see other artists that's like, you know, they're not approachable and they're not, you know. Oh, there's big bad rocks. No, you can't 
do that. Like those days are over. Yes. You know, it's, you know, you, you can't be a diva. Not only that, why would you want to be? Why would you want to be Very an true. with someone? You know, if someone takes time out of their day, you know, kind, it's at the end of the day, kind, I'm a firm believer kindness always works. Be easy right. to work with and be kind because you never know what it could, you know, something cool down the road, just like that reporter. You know, you and I have a great relationship. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's, I can send you all my artists. And oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, those, you know, and, and then, you know, you build up a reputation. Um, right. And you don't want people to, to be like, oh, that guy's an asshole. He's, he's <laughs> right. very unapproachable. He's very, you know, it's because it's just, you just, you hurt your clients. I don't know why you would ever want to do that. Yeah. I mean, just from all the like tons of interviews that I've done, you can definitely tell, I can hear it in their voice. I've done it so much of when you got that person that is really full of themselves. Yeah. Or they're not. Yeah. They're, or they're, or they're genuine. Yeah, or they're general. And the best feeling, or one of the best feelings, besides just having an, you know, an awesome conversation throughout, is when you get that person to warm up and they realize that you're not some dipshit trying to take advantage of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not that interviewer that's just saying, hey, what's the name of your band? You're actually going to have a conversation. When they open up to that, that is always a great feeling. But it's like also, did you have to start out like that either? Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you. I think, you know, with that now, with that being said, though, sometimes you know I I do for you know I you know I consider myself an, a like I you know I keep mentioning an easy person to get along with, but yeah. sometimes you have people that they put up those barriers because there's so many there there's sharks in this business there really yeah. is right and it's like you know there's been times I've been you know kind or I've helped someone they're like what do you want in return oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, we're good you know yeah and it's just um so I I. You know, I, I can't fully knock, you know, people that put up those shields at first because, right. you know, especially at higher up labels, you know, mm -hmm. they get so many people and it's like, you know, they're only looking out for themselves. So, you know, but I can, you know, from a, you being an interview, I can see how that could be, you know, like, like a cool thing when they finally do open up and the shields lower. Yeah. Because you realize you're like, oh, yeah this is what I do. And they kind of realize that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to like, there's nothing I want from you besides to put your music out there and make you seem like an accessible person. But yeah, I think actually, I think we covered a ton. I just looked at the time. I think we covered Holy a ton. Smokes. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to bring up just in general? Was there anything else you wanted to go over? Yeah. Let me, I got a few questions for you since you know, you're on the podcast. You don't mind me asking. Absolutely. Let's flip the roles. Let's so, do it. Um, cause I'm always curious, you know, myself as, you know, people on, um, you know, on the, you know, on the other end of the table. So let yep. me ask you, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, music business is very laid back, you know, as, as this industry is, but what are your thoughts? Um, are you a stickler for, I, I guess, uh, professionalism, like certain ways that like bands or publicists reach out to you and it's just, um, you know, they'll, they'll hit you up and it's, you know, the, uh, grammar's all wrong it's like there's <laughs> talk text there's like yo hey bro like you know get at me you know is that is that how do you deal with that does that annoy you does that not bother you or no i i get that from time to time and yeah it it honestly doesn't bother me i think first of all just like what you had said before i don't have anyone on the show that i don't like 
and it's not a you know it's not a personal thing against anyone it's yeah. if i want to have an in-depth conversation with someone i need to like what they're doing otherwise i'm going to skew the conversation to what i don't like and that's not what i think the show is about i think the show is about getting that music out to people so i couldn't have like you know a Nickelback on or something. I'm just, you know, pulling a name there. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't have that person because unless we're actually going to have like a joking conversation about something, I can't lie and say, hey, I really like your music. I just can't do it. I have a show that's independent. So why would I do that? You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah, of course. What I don't like though, and this is what I'll, what I'll say about the publicist thing and getting emails and everything. And you've seen my emails of when I'm done with the show, you know, I share all the links. I talk about when it's going to be available, like everything like that. I send a thank you email, try to be very professional. What I don't like is when I get back something that's just a one line and then that's it. And yeah, then I and don't the artist back. doesn't share. They don't tag. Yes. They don't, yeah, I could see how that could be. Um, yeah, you know, we try to have our artists from a manager standpoint. Right. Uh, you know, we try to you know make sure that the tagging, make sure there's you know that the podcast isn't spelled wrong. You know, certain right, things right. like that. <laughs> so yeah, because it could be yeah, it could be. I totally see that it could be frustrating. So. Yeah. That's a little bit tougher. And yeah, I totally understand sometimes when an artist doesn't share things. I also know, as you know that a lot of times when you deal with bands, it's a lot harder than dealing with quote-unquote normal people. You know, they're a different breed. Yeah, well, yes, they are. So, but are <laughs> we you know. crazier for wanting to work with them? So Possibly. Yeah, So, because I had a friend tell me that. They're like, you know, he, he, he jokes me. He goes, you think all artists are crazy? I'm like, yeah, they, they got to be if they want to pursue music. Jokingly, I said that. And he's like, well, who's more crazy? Them who do the art and create it and they perform on stage or you for wanting to work with those crazy people. And I was right. just like, wow. Okay. He's like, yeah, that's right. Mic drop. And I was just like, <laughs> I never really thought of it that way. So it's like, yeah, are we, the, who's the real crazy one? Right. So, yeah. But, and it's, it is weird because you brought up the sharing thing, which I wasn't initially going to bring up, but it is something that I think about a lot because I do find it very strange when you sit down and you talk to someone for an hour, hour and a half, I go through all this work to put out a show and you send it off to them. You know, I, you know, I pay for promotion and all that kind of stuff. They say they will share it. They'll say, yeah, this was an amazing interview. Like I loved it. And then nothing. I always wonder why that happens because it's not like they're saying anything bad on the show. So why would they not just share it out to people? Yeah. And not be respectful and just, you know, it's a give and a take. Also on the same note, I mean, they talked for, an hour, an hour and a half, wouldn't you want, if that's what you were putting your time into, wouldn't you want other people to hear it? Yeah, it's a good, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I, I, when you find the answer, let me know, because I'm, I'm yeah. very curious, because it's, you know, we're stickler for, for posting the right things and sharing and retweeting and like, oh, you, sure. know, screen, you know, doing the screenshots and all across the board, you mm -hmm. know, following up people is there anything else we can do let us know you know just being very hands-on you know approachable people so right. yeah that's 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 interesting that that is you, you speak to someone for an hour and a half two hours you know out of their day right and you get to become and it's like okay what yeah and that's that's a roundabout you know that's a bunch of answers to the question that you asked but yeah that's kind of how i feel about it i don't really i don't care about you know the actual language that people use it would be better if sometimes it didn't feel like I was doing a job for someone without getting paid for it. Exactly. Exactly. What else? You got any other questions for me? Uh, 
email me your address so we can send you a 10 and 8 management goodie package. We'll get you some lanyards and stickers and some swag out your way. <laughs> so I was actually going to bring that up at the end because I did notice you've got 10 and 8 management merchandise. You've got a lot of really cool stuff. Those shoes are awesome. I actually, that was a partnership we did with a company that does custom Converse. Because yeah, yeah. I, did I ever tell you, do you know how 10 and 8 management, like what the 10 and the 8 stand for? No, and sometimes, I don't know if you notice this, but normally I never ask a band where their name came from because a lot of people hate talking about that. So I actually thought I shouldn't ask that question because I wasn't sure if you'd actually like to answer it. No, it's 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 perfectly cool. So, okay. So I so the 10 and the 8 is my shoe size. So, oh, I, so that's actually, a... I have two different size feet. I yeah, wear yeah. a 10 on my left and an 8 on my right. And a lot of people, they don't believe me until they see me in person. <laughs> but it's the best icebreaker in the world. It is. Yeah. When I like, I've been at conferences and there's been people I haven't seen or talked to in a year, and they're like, "Mishko, ten and eight, your feet. Oh my goodness, <laughs> like how you been?" And it's like, so I had a chance to do a partnership with a custom shoe company, and yeah. I told them, I said, "I'm only doing this if you send me a ten and an eight. They're like, "Oh my god, that is so fucking cool." <laughs> so yeah, so we, you know, Braggins Graphics out of Canada, they're kick-ass people. Um, Very nice. You know, they they sent us some shoes. We're trying to do, you know, artist specific shoes, but oh, that um, nice. they actually sent yeah. So they they actually sent me two pairs. So you know, a pair of ten and a pair of eight, so I can mix match. Yeah, so, there you go. Nice. So, and then we're um, we're getting hoodies. We're getting. Uh, I like Love to them. get stuff that people can use. You know, the lanyards. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll send you a bunch of lanyards. Oh um, sure. We'll send you some stickers and yeah. We're trying to get some book bags printed up, and you know, I'm all about you know word of mouth and you know. I bet I've given out 180 lanyards. People love them. Yeah. You know, it's so. Very nice. Well, look, I have sincerely enjoyed this conversation. Likewise, man. Likewise. I've learned a lot. I hope that the audience has learned a lot because this is brand new for me. You know, it's only been bands on the show. So this is really, really cool. I'm going to have links in the description of the episode with all 10 and 8 management so that people can not only see all the artists that you're covering, but then also, you know, get some merchandise, talk to you, do whatever. Nice. But for right now, what's the way or what is the best way to support you and 10 and 8 management? I would say Instagram, 10 and 8 management. That's that's our, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um mm -hmm. 10 and 8management.com, you can see all the links, but a lot of behind the scenes, we're we probably post five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day on Instagram, right. all the behind the scenes of our artists. So definitely check us out on Instagram. You know, if you feel like it, give us a like on Facebook. Always appreciate those. And so that's and if if you can come out to one of our artist shows. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it will all be on the description of the episode as well. That way it'll make it easier for people. But once again, man, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. I like next time I'm up your way, we'll have to grab a drink and like yes. you know, continue this. Cause I can seriously, I'm a big talker on the phone and <laughs> I, like I could go all night. So like, you know, we'll definitely, you know, if I'm ever your, if you ever come to the Midwest, you know, Absolutely. Us, you know, we'll grab lunch or grab a drink or something. So that sounds great to me. Well, once again, man, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you.
everyone welcome back that last track you heard was another friend of the show young medicine with their new track from last year incommunicado i really hope you enjoy that conversation with misco because it was so completely different than what i normally do here on ian hates conversations i know i learned a lot i hope you did as well and i know he's got so much more knowledge so at some point We're going to have him back on the show, and I'm going to pick his brain some more. But until then, make sure you support 10 and 8 Management and everyone that's in their agency. You can go to 10and8management.com, 10 the number, 8 the number. So 10and8management.com. And if that's too difficult, I will have links in the description of this episode, so don't worry. Like we talked about on the show, they have merch. They have a lot of stuff that you can check out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff. You can follow them and see all the stuff that I see, all the work that goes into all of their artists, which is really awesome to see. Thank you once again to Misco. It was a lot of fun actually getting to delve in to what it is to be an artist manager, especially from his perspective. And don't forget, you can support Ian Hates Music by following the other links in the description of the episode. But for now, I'm going to leave you with two-time friend of the show, Everyone Dies in Utah. The track I chose was DeSoto 55. I think I told partially a story about this track one of the times that Danny Martinez was on the show. Make sure you go back, check those out. It was a lot of fun talking with Danny. That track is off their album Polarities, but their self-titled album Everyone Dies in Utah came out last year, and it is awesome. But I think I played most of the tracks on the show anyways, so you need to go check it out for yourself. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
Uh, 